Hey everyone, thanks for joining me as we continue our walk through the strange Paradiso. So today I have a couple of things to share with you. This one um, I'm going to begin with was submitted to me by someone named Carol. She grew up on a farm in somewhere in the Midwest. She says that they had goats, chickens, roosters, sheep, things like that. They did not have any pigs. They had two cows. So they started hearing strange sounds out on their land. It would usually happen at night. She said her dad and her brothers went out there looking around to see what this noise was. It just kind of like started out of nowhere. She said it was a hard, a difficult to explain the sound. It kind of sounded like a grunt and kind of sounded like a squeal. So they were not familiar with anything like this, this type of sound, even though her dad had grown up on a farm and he was very familiar with all different types of animals. So anyways, they started hearing this sound, usually in the evening and at night. So it was very suspicious. So they started thinking that it was someone playing a joke. So they had over 100 acres on their, of their property. So it wasn't like anyone was nearby. And she said, and you have to remember at the time, there were no track house neighborhoods, at least not over there. So we're probably looking at the 1950s when this incident occurred. So one day towards the evening, because they would go out to different areas of their property and they would have picnics and they had like a little pond and they would go swimming out there and all this other stuff. So on this particular evening, she said, I believe it was at towards the end of summer where it's still warm, but the weather is just really perfect. And they had been out there swimming and they had a picnic. They just had a whole day out there of just enjoying themselves. It was the whole family, mom, dad, and the children. She says, so they're starting to pack their things up to go inside. She said, walking back from where they were at to their house probably probably would have took about seven, five to seven minutes. So they're packing their stuff and they started hearing this sound. So everyone stopped what they were doing. She says, I recall this clearly. Everyone stopped. Everyone looked in the same direction of where this sound was coming from, and they started walking towards it. She says, I will never forget the sight of this thing. She said, we had no pigs on our property we had we were not raising pigs but here was this thing she says it looked kind of like a pig but kind of like a baby like a human baby what she says yes 
It was pink, like a little pig, but it kind of like had a face of a baby. And it had the four legs and it was laying down. She said it was on its side and it had these four legs, but she said they weren't hoof. They were something else. She said they weren't feet, but they almost looked like fingers, but they were very small and rounded, like little circles. Her mom grabbed them and faced them the opposite way, and they all went back towards the house. Her dad and her oldest brother stayed out there with this thing. She said, I don't know what happened to it. She said, my dad maybe killed it. She said, I don't know. But we never heard that noise again. And whenever I would ask my mother what that thing was, she acted like she didn't know what I was talking about. You see, guys, and I knew her mother also. Her mother, um, she didn't pass away, but maybe um, a couple of years ago, she was in her 90s. And, um, yeah, she said, she always said, what are you talking about? You must have been dreaming. Why do people do this? Why do people deny that something like this took place? This is not the only time that I have heard about a parent or someone else who witnessed something that cannot be explained and they've denied it. Is it really that they have forgotten? Is it really that they were so shook up by this incident that they really developed some sort of mental block against this particular incident? I mean... Why? I'm going to tell you. If I saw something as creepy as that, I would I would say, yeah, I remember. I don't know what happened to it, but I remember it. I don't even know how something like that would be able to happen. I know that there are animals who... They're exposed to certain toxins, and so they might give birth to like two-headed offspring or just something that looks a bit bizarre, but this, and um, she even kind of like drew a picture of it, like she made a sketch of it, which she remembered, and the sound, because she said even her dad at that time said, I don't know what kind of sound that is. It doesn't sound like a wild boar. It doesn't sound like a deer in distress. It has a sound that I have never heard before. So what this was exactly, I do not know. Even what it might have been or what it could have been. But um, why would her mother deny it? As far as her dad... She said that her dad just never spoke about it again. 
and neither did her brother. She said, whatever happened to this thing, my brother knew because my brother stayed there with my dad while the rest of us went inside. So that would have been quite an experience. And when that happened to her, especially so many years ago, she's in her mid-70s now. So for her to remember every detail like that, she said she even remembers the eyelashes on this thing's eyes. So that's a bit of trauma right there. Anyways, um, we'll never know. We'll never know what, what that truly was and how it even got there. It was only one. It wasn't like there was a family of them or like they even heard that sound again that this thing was making. So I don't even know how it got there. Like how would something like that even get into your, onto your property and that kind of, you know, it's like not right, like on your house, but that close, that's kind of creepy. And she said, yeah, and it just, we just started hearing this thing one night. Like something dropped it there, but it wasn't any type of bird. She said, I'm telling you, I remember this thing and it looked like a combination between a little piggy and a baby. When we wanted, when we talk about things like this, okay, there's another story. This happened many years ago in Los Angeles. And there was a report that this guy, he was coming home, it was at night. And I'm talking about this happened a long time ago. This probably happened like in 1950, okay? So he was coming home at night and he heard a sound, sound like it was coming from underneath his car. So he was going to go and look and see what it was because he wanted to make sure that he didn't run anything over or something was scraping or whatever. And he said out from underneath his car, crawled this thing that looked kind of like a baby. He said it was white to the point that it was almost like glowing. He's like, it wasn't emanating any light, but it was very white. It was very pale type of color. And from the moonlight and everything else, he could see that this thing was pretty white. I said, and it came crawling out. Ugh. So, he was stunned into shock and silence and he could not move because for one thing, he said, I was blinking my eyes really hard. Like if I blink hard enough, maybe this thing will go away. But it didn't. All right. But it gets worse. So he starts, you know, you kind of like put your hands on your knees and kind of like start to Stoop down a little bit to see, well, maybe it's a possum, he thought. No, this thing was no possum. This thing had a humanoid face. It was crawling. It was naked. And it turned its head to look at him. 
and it bared its teeth at him and it made this sound like a like that like it opened its mouth it bared its teeth and went like that and so he stood up and started running up the steps that led to his front porch now he's in Los Angeles remember he gets to the top of his porch and he turns around and now that thing is standing on two legs with its hands like on its hips. And he said, it's naked, but there were no genitalia. There was no nothing. It was just like it was one piece of cloth with no type of belly button, no anything like that. Okay. So once again, I mean, he was thinking, man, like, is there anyone that I can get to come and see this with me? Because I may be going nuts here. But it was late at night and he was afraid to go in. Because now he was thinking, I'm going to go in the house and this thing's going to be out here doing who knows what. Not only that, but maybe it's going to come and try to get in my house. Okay, I got goosebumps. So this is when he was young. You know, he was living with his parents and he goes in the house and he said, I stood there by the door and I'm thinking, okay, I have to tell someone this may be a dangerous type of creature. I have no idea what's really happening here. The other thing is about this story is it happened so long ago that there were no animated type of um, toys. There was no holographic imagery. There was nothing like that back then. So he went to go and wake up one of his siblings. And then they went and then they looked and there was nothing there, of course, okay? So they actually went outside. He told his, I guess it was his brother, told his brother what happened. I got home. I heard a noise. I thought maybe I ran something over. I wanted to make sure nothing was dangling from my car. And this thing comes crawling out from under it. It looks kind of like a baby. And his brother said the same thing. Well, maybe it was a possum. No, this thing was not a possum. I got close enough to see the face. And the face was like a human face. So these guys get on their hands and knees and go to look under the car to see if maybe there was anything scratched in there, um, anything pulled out, you know, like if somebody was going to try to dismantle part of your car. And that thing was underneath the car, like it lived there hanging from underneath the car. So they both went, ah, and they took off running, and they had to go up steps. They had to go up three steps, then they're on a sidewalk, and then some more steps just to get onto their front porch. So they ran back up there. By this time, he said his dad came came out of his room like, what is happening? What, what are you guys doing? Are you guys drunk? And they're like, no, and then they're both trying to tell their dad, they saw this thing and their dad, of course, said, all right, you need to stop this. Everybody just needs to go go to bed. And you, you're not going out anymore past like 10 p.m., whatever, because he said it was around midnight. 
So they like, okay, well, they went ahead and they have to do what their dad said. And they went to their room, respective rooms and went to bed. And he said, I did not sleep all night. It may have been my imagination. It may have really been going on, but I could have sworn I heard noises coming from the street, from the curb. Even though the house was not a two-story house, he said it was still up kind of high. Just the fact that you had to kind of like go up to get to the front porch, you were kind of like on a little bit of an incline like your house was. So he said if he looked out of his bedroom window, he couldn't see the very front of the house, but he could see like the street down below, kind of like on the side. He couldn't see his car, but that didn't matter because he just wanted to see if there was anything out there that looked a bit abnormal. So he didn't see anything the next day. No one spoke about it. The dad just gave him a look like, you guys are nuts. And they went out there and they had sticks. So they went and they looked underneath the car and there was nothing there. But there was something hanging. He said it looked almost like a piece of tattered material, like maybe a tattered piece of burlap. But he didn't want to grab it and and touch it. His brother wouldn't grab it and touch it. So they just left it there. He said, I don't know what it was. He said, "We, we never took it off. So little by little, you know, the thing just whatever it was went away. But there is really no ending to that story because they don't know whatever happened. They don't know what it was. I was thinking, well, you know, the possibility that maybe it was a possum is there. But he swore that no. I know what a possum looks like. This was no possum. It was not furry. It didn't have the little pointy thing. He said it had a face. And it was naked. There was no clothing on it, no fur, no reptile scales. It looked like skin. There was no belly button. There were no genitals. Nothing like that. There was no hair. This thing had no hair. It was like a baby. So once again, this, whatever it is that people have seen and continue to see that they describe as the only way I can describe it is that it kind of looked like a baby. Well, what are these things? And this is continuing. This isn't something that has stopped. Every now and then we hear reports about these creatures. I don't know what else to call them. So as we go on, I will bring some more of these type of encounters to you and see what you think about these.
So we've we've um, got so many people who they live in rural areas, and of course they'll tell their stories. Just like people who live out in the desert, they're not in a congested type of neighborhood or a, like a track neighborhood or anything like that. They're a little spaced um, away from their closest neighbors and so on. And it seems like a lot of stuff happens in those type of settings. But when you hear about things happening in the city, happening in your track neighborhood where there are houses behind you, there are houses on either side of you, there are houses across the street from you, you are really never alone. Okay, so when you hear about strange things like this happening in those type of environments, that's when, to me, it is very, very unsettling. So, I, I don't know what these things are. I don't know. It's like this. It's like if these things are manifested as babies, to try to trick people into approaching them, they're going about it the wrong way. Like the one out in the farm, I mean, I I don't know what that was. But as far as she knows, it was not threatening. It wasn't acting like it was going to attack, like the second one where it made that sound and it showed its teeth. Like one minute it looks like a baby and the next thing you know it looks like some kind of um, strange creature that's getting ready to bite your head off. So I, I don't know what the agenda would be for these type of things. I, I'm not even going to say fear because... I just, I'm just not getting that from these encounters. This is something else completely, I believe. But anyways, um, I'm going to write about more of these. I'm, I'm going to talk about more of these because I'm looking into this type of, um, type of thing now. It just sounds so strange to me. And I know that somewhere. There is an agenda. I just don't know what it is at this time. Okay, so the next one. Now, this is something that happened in your average everyday neighborhood. Like I just mentioned, your track house neighborhood. And um, it actually happened not really too far away from where I am located, okay? So, this family, they moved in. They were not the first owners. That doesn't matter. She's like, I think we were like the third owners of this house. The house was built in 2005. Okay. So, this happened recently. Rather recently, anyway. So, they move into this house. But before... They start unpacking and moving their all of their furniture in and everything. I mean, their stuff was in the house, but it was still all boxed up. 
a lot of the stuff was in the center of the rooms, stuff in the center of the bedrooms, because the husband was going in there to go and paint and do certain things like that. So he's in there, in this house. It's the middle of the day. He's painting. And he hears a knock on the door. Okay, so it's a two-story house. He hears a knock on the door. He's there by himself. So he's thinking, okay, it's someone to come in, you know, one of the workers or whoever from like the cable company or something like that. You know, they were going to have new window things. So he was figuring it's somebody. So he gets down off his ladder and he walks downstairs to go and answer the door and there's nobody there. So he goes out, he looks, nobody there. He even goes onto the sidewalk because he's thinking, man, if I if these guys leave, I'm going to have to schedule another appointment and then who knows how long it's going to take and this and that. So there's nobody there. Okay. So he closed the door, goes back upstairs. Now he goes back upstairs to that room to continue painting and that door is closed. So he thinks... Because the windows are open in that bedroom because he's painting. So the breeze came and it closed the door, even though that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to him because of the placement of the windows. But anyways, he goes to open the door and he can't. So he starts shaking that doorknob and pushing it, but it won't open. It's like it's locked. There's no lock on that bedroom door. So now he has to like lean into it and put his body weight on that door to try to get it open. And it still won't budge. So he's like, okay, I guess we got a broken door here or this whatever you call it, you know, that little thing that goes in and out when you close the door. He's like, I guess it's broken. So I don't know. So then his wife gets there. And she's like, are you finished painting? He's like, no, I can't get back in the room. I don't know what's wrong. So they go up there and trying to open that door again. And he's pushing on it, pushing on it. And he's like, I feel like kicking this door in because now he's mad. He's frustrated. And he still all has, he has all his paint stuff right there. And he's like, it's been sitting there now. I can't get this thing open. So finally, he puts his weight on that door. The door flies open and the whole room is torn up. He said the room was torn up like if wild animals went in there and destroyed that place. He said, I had been painting, but It's like somebody got sharp, like a sharp rake and raked the walls. They were all scratched. Parts of the carpet were torn, like something pulled up carpet, ripped it from like the center of the floor. A lot of the boxes that were in that room, their their things that they were moving in, 
were ripped open and the stuff was laying everywhere. It was just strewn across the room. And they both stood there and they said, well, there's not even a patio cover. For example, if someone wanted to get in that room, there wasn't even a patio cover that they could have climbed onto, therefore getting in through that open window to get in that room and do this. There was no balcony. There was nothing. He said, I went downstairs for like at the most five minutes when he thought somebody was knocking on the door and he went out and blah, blah, blah to go and look. He said it was no more than five minutes, but it's probably less than that. And he didn't hear anything. So when did this destruction happen? He said it was chewed up. It's like this room was chewed up. So what do they do? He got his paint. He got his ladder. Closed that room up. I didn't go back in there for weeks thinking, what are we going to do if this place has this type of activity happening? What are we going to do? We have put all of our money into this place. At the moment, he said, I think the best thing that we can do is just leave this room closed and not use it. But they needed it for their children. That's why they bought that house. They needed a bigger house. Their children needed to have their own rooms. So they had to use it. They had to open it and then go back and repaint, re-carpet, and fix that place. Like it was just completely vandalized. So that's what they did. They went ahead. They pulled the carpet. Put new carpet down there. Repainted. He said that they that he actually had to like sand the walls because of the scrapes. He said in some areas the scrapes went down to the drywall. So some of them they had he had to like sand it and put some kind of thing, plaster or something like that, I don't know, and then repaint, and then everything was okay. But his daughter was taking a shower one day, and she came out, and then she said, who was in my bathroom when I was taking a shower? And everybody was like... No, we don't go in your bathroom. That That's yours. And she's like, well, somebody wrote something on the mirror. Being that this place had an incident before, they take this seriously. So they went up and they went to go and look. And in the steam on the mirror, you could still see it somewhat. And it said, hello. And then there were a sequence of numbers written 
in that. Oh, man. Ugh. Okay. So once again, they're thinking, okay, what are we going to do? We can't, we're going to scare them if we say, well, we're not going to let you use that room anymore. You're going to go ahead and share a room with your sister and blah, blah, blah. They didn't want to scare anyone. So she had contacted their local parish. They were members of this particular church and asked if the priest would come and bless the house. Now, a lot of people would think that that would take care of everything. But for some reason, a lot of times when the priest comes to bless a house, it just kind of like makes everything rev right up. It kind of like makes these things angry. And that's what happened, okay? So she gets the priest. priest comes to bless a house. He um, goes through the entire house and this and that. Well, that night, things started happening. They started hearing, like, noises. Now, they don't have an attic, but it sounded like it was coming from inside the ceiling if there was an attic. And she said it sounded like metal. Like if you would get pieces of metal and wag them both ways and they make this particular sound, womp, 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 womp. That's what it sounded like. And they just get louder. They heard pounding on the walls. They heard all of this kind of stuff and then it would just stop all of a sudden. But there was a constant ticking. Constant. And like a clock ticking. And they couldn't figure out where this was coming from. Because while she said if you were standing in the living room, it would sound like it was coming from the kitchen. But if you would go into the kitchen, it would sound like it was coming from like the hallway. So it was like coming from everywhere and coming from nowhere. So there is nothing at the moment that can be done and that they can actually do because once again, they have put all of their money into buying this place. So someone is going to have to go out there and help these people. So far, it hasn't gotten any worse. It's just kind of like maintained at a steady type of level. But um, there are certain markers that I have that those, these things, okay, I just would listen for any keywords that would tell me what exactly are we we're dealing with so far that hasn't happened which is a good thing so this particular thing i will keep you guys posted and let you know what is happening with this because this is um something that's happened recent and it's ongoing okay the last thing that i want to leave you with now this is something that has been happening to me for I mean, off and on for a while now. So 
No one else drives my car but me. Once in a while, my husband will drive it. Like if he needs to take it somewhere or if I tell him, well, just take my car to work because it's smaller and it's good on gas. And if I'm not going anywhere that day, he'll, he'll take it. But I always know. Or if he's even going to move it out of the drive, out of the garage. Otherwise, my car is in the garage and I am the only one who drives it. So, like I said, this has been going on for a while. So, I'll get in my car. And this is not something that happens all the time. It's random. I'll get in my car and I will look out my side rear view mirror. And it'll be like either pointing, you know, facing the ground or it'll be way up high. And I'm thinking, okay, how does this happen? It's in the garage. And it's not like you can come and put your finger on it and move it around. I mean, you have to do it with that little switch thing. You know, you're in the car and you move that little switch and it moves your mirror around. So I'm just like, all right, well, maybe... Somehow, maybe my husband moved it and he just did this. But no, 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 no. I drove my car to work Saturday. No one else has sat in that driver's seat but me, at least since Saturday, all right? Because I have to give everything the benefit of the doubt, like, okay, well, maybe my husband backed it out of the garage when he was trying to get something or whatever, even though he wouldn't be messing with that those mirrors. And it's not all the mirrors, guys. It's only the left side mirror. So I get in my car earlier today. And what happens? I look out that side mirror. And it's facing like way out to the left. You can't even see the side of your car. That little mirror thing has been shifted way out to the left. So I'm like, who? How does this happen? I know for a fact no one has sat in this seat since Saturday, and that was me. And why am I going to put my mirror in that position? And these mirrors, like, it's not like some of them where you can push that button and your whole mirror kind of like comes in, you know, so that like if you're going to the car wash or you need to, I don't know, park close to another car, your whole mirror will move inward. Well, mine doesn't do that. Mine are always sticking out the same way, but I'm just talking about the actual mirror, okay? And then my other thought was, why is it always this mirror? Why isn't... It's the passenger side, the rear view. It's always just the driver's side mirror. So I've, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, it gets a little worse. Okay, so I fix it. Before I drive out of the driveway onto the street, I fix it, and now it's fine. And so I'm driving, and I go to my destination. I come out, and I'm driving, and guess what? That stupid mirror 
once again is facing in a position that I did not put it in. So once again, I got to get that button and move it around to where I can see out of it. So I don't know what this is. I know that um, I'm not doing it. I know that I'm not. Why am I going to put my mirror in these strange positions where I can't even see out of it? So that is the phenomenon that is happening to me right now. We have had things happen with the cars, but not in this house. Our first house that we bought, my husband was going to go overseas for six months, and so he had this truck. Well, the truck was a manual transmission, and I don't like to drive those. There's too much work involved. I don't want to have to worry about the clutch and all this stuff. I just want to get in my car and drive. So... I wasn't going to drive that truck. So he had been gone for about, I don't know, maybe five weeks, a little bit over a month. All I would do would be once in a while, I would go out there and I'd start it up, let it run for a while. And then I would just turn it off and put the keys away. So my children and I, we went somewhere, we came back, we came in through the garage, we shut the garage, and my son comes in, and he says, um, Dad's car, Dad's truck is glowing. So I was like, what? What does that even mean? Well, from that house, all right, we had a sliding door. Then right there by our dining area. Then our dining area was right, like if you're walking on a path, then you'd be in the kitchen, and then from our kitchen, there would be that, that door that went out into the garage, okay? So you're in a straight path. So from the windshield of that truck, if you were sitting in the truck, you could see in the kitchen, into the dining room, out the sliding door to the backyard, a straight path. So I figured, oh, it's just the sunlight coming in from the sliding doors, and reflecting on that military sticker that people used to have to have on their vehicles, okay? That was like on the corner, um, the left side by the driver. So I just figured that's what it was. But I looked and I noticed that the dome light was on in the truck. Now, mind you, I hadn't started that truck for about a week because I would only do it like every so often. And I was thinking... How is that light on? There was no one else with a set of keys but me. I was the only one. We hadn't been gone long. Everything was locked. The truck was locked. So I had to go upstairs, get the keys, unlock the truck, and turn off the dome light, okay? Not only that, but all right, when I went in there, I felt it. I felt that light just to see how long it had been on. Was it still cool? Was it a little warm or was it hot? Well, it was a little bit warm, like it hadn't been on long. And then I turned it off. I pushed that little switch to turn off that, that light. And then I closed the truck and I locked it. It was an older truck. I think it was like a, 
who knows how old that thing was, maybe like a 89. It was older. And I stood there like, all right, excuse me, guys, but my thoughts were, how in the fuck did this happen? Because I had to go get the keys and unlock it just to turn this thing off. It hadn't been on that long. It was slightly warm. And it was not on before. And when I would go in there to start it, I wouldn't touch anything but put the key in the ignition, let it run for a little while, and then I would turn it off. So that's kind of like a a similarity, except for we only had that happen once. I don't know what this is. I don't know how it happens. And I have to tell you... How it makes me feel is um, kind of, you know, it's, it's like a nuisance. It's like, just makes me, not angry, but uh, it just makes me like, okay, what a, what a nuisance. And, then, and that's it. I don't know. I, I just, how to explain this. But it's like the second kind of like incident as far as cars go that I'm aware of right now. I mean, there may have been some other things that happened to me in the past because I've had a lifetime of stuff. So somewhere maybe um, there is another experience that I've just forgotten about. I'll think about it and then I'll bring it up if there is anything. But um, that's all I've got for today, guys. I'm going to try to be back tomorrow with some more stuff, with some more um, experiences. And I'm going to... I'm, there was something else that I was looking at that I want to see how interesting it is before I present it to you because um, I don't just want to do everyday you know, stuff. I want to bring something that's new that we haven't talked about before or that we can't see on any of these TV shows. You know, some stuff that you don't necessarily hear about all the time. All right? So anyways, I want to thank you all for joining me. I really, really do appreciate it. And um, as we go on, we might want to walk a little closer together, okay? Because things are going to start to get a little more intense. Especially walking through this strange paradiso. Be talking to you guys soon. Have a great rest of your day. Ciao.